Hey, Gather, Grow, Go family, this is Pastor Daniel. What you're about to hear is a conversation that, that just Kiefer, Pastor Melissa, and I had with Pastor Kenny from United Presbyterian Church on the real-life dynamics uh, being lived out in our world today, following the death of George Floyd and in the protests and riots that have followed. We're going to wrestle with conversations of life, faith, and what it means to strive for justice and equity, even from our place of privilege. Know that we invite you into this conversation. There may be moments that make you uncomfortable. There may be moments that challenge you, but, but know that we invite you to embrace it nonetheless, because often it is through those uncomfortable conversations that we grow as followers of Christ. And now, just so that you're a little more comfortable and familiar as we get started, let's have that old familiar welcome. Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. started, one of the things I've wrestled with over the last 10 days is I've seen, you know, my social media is way full of pastors. Um, I've got way more pastors on there than probably an average person, right? But it feels like everybody has taken this moment to, to offer a big declaratory kind of statement, their theology of, of race and inclusion and, and express their deep frustration. And in the last 10 days, my heart's been broken, but I've been wrestling with, you know, there's so much that I don't know and understand, right? There's so much of, of my life as a white, overly educated male, you know, the, the privilege that's stacked in my life it is so dramatic that I think um, there's significant risk of, of being radically tone deaf, right? Uh, of not understanding that which you speak about. And so, you know, I have, tried to, to keep the conversation to, to wrestle with where do I even need to begin my learning process, right? Or continue my learning process to understand people from, from various perspectives. And, you know, I found it really helpful. Um, I was reading something where they were talking about, you know, the express, you know, cause people talk about the riots and go, well, you know, this clearly isn't, you know, right and just and all of that. And, um, well, often, you know, riots are, as Martin Luther King said, right, the voice of those who feel like they have no voice. Um, and it's not an expression of, of outrage over a single incident, but 400 years of accumulated weight. Um, I guess I, I'd begin our conversation with, you know, as you think about, you know, I mean, because we'll name this just in case anybody can't, uh, hadn't seen us before, and if they're just listening, we're, we're all white people, three of us are males. Um, we all qualify as overly educated. Um, we all have privilege stacked on top of privilege, right? In this midst, as you begin the conversation of your faith and your work as a Christian for racial reconciliation and, and, uh, equity and equality, kind of, where do you begin that conversation in your life? Um, I, I think it's important to uh, listen to as many voices as possible, mm. uh, to get as many perspectives as possible, uh, especially people who may not look like, talk like, 
think like and act like you do um, to, to get a different glimpse of, of the globe and, and where people are coming from and, and hurts and fears and frustration. Mm. Um, I know uh, yesterday as I sought to address some of these issues in, in worship, um, I mentioned that we, we don't know all that transpired between the officers and, and George Floyd, uh, but, but I do think it is quite obvious that uh, it was unnecessary to pin him to the ground with a, a knee on his neck uh, for, for that length of time. And, uh, and, and so we, we, we need to speak out against uh, excessive force and, and, and brutality. Uh, that, that being said, um, we do this for, for those who are at a greater risk of, of being on the receiving end of, of excessive force, but also for all those faithful police officers who really do strive to serve and protect their, everyone in their community. You know, I, I was mindful as I was, I was speaking and, and praying uh, in, in worship that we, we have several families in our our congregation that have police officers in their, in their families. And, and I know these, these uh, men and women, and they are striving to, to help uh, and, and get to know their communities and, and serve them as, as well as they can. Uh, and, and, and that on the flip side, so, so we don't want to demonize all law enforcement uh, officers. We also don't want to, discredit all uh, protesters because uh, some uh, take things too far. Uh, we we want to listen to their voice and, and give them an opportunity to express their frustration, their fear, their anxiety, and their, their desire for change. Hmm. I think there's, you know, I love that you brought up because we do have to write like consider all sides of an issue because like we as christians there's a a high call on us that is so hard when we try and live it out of to love our neighbor as ourself um that means that we can't just take one side or another um and in that i can remember having a conversation um with a police officer a few years ago right before all of this happened right and one of the things that we were talking about um, in light of a similar situation that had just occurred um, was that, you know, police officers are human, right? At the end of the day, mm. they are human and there are ones who are working towards good and there's ones who signed up for the job because they get to use force legally and they get, right? There's all these kinds of things. And um, I found that conversation so helpful. And I think one of the things I've been reflecting on in all this, when we think about the officers um, or we think about the people who have been crying out for justice is in how, you know, we, I think we can say as protests and riots continue on this week, we can say we have not been listening from the place of privilege um, or we haven't wanted to listen. Um, we haven't liked the ways that, you know, peaceful protesting has happened prior to this. Um, but one of the things 
that I've been convicted about is, is how do we change it before someone gets to the point of saying, I want to be a police officer, or how do we change it? Like, how do we change the prejudice that we hold within ourselves? How do we address those deeper rooted issues um, before we put the extra layers on someone of, of privilege or of job status and career and those kinds of things? Um, and I think, you know, Kenny, you lifted up one of the great ways that we have to start doing that already, which is we have to read more diversely mm. um, so that we expand our horizons when we come to, oh, well, I can understand, you know, right. your perspective because I've spent time with you. Um, I'm willing to listen. Um, I think those are key things. Well, you, what you name, Melissa, is unconscious bias, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, because I, I think um, many, many good and faithful Christians uh, right now um, would would not choose any active act of racism, but may be unaware of the places in which they participate in a system that um, suppresses and oppresses um, people of color, Right. Uh, one just very small place where this was illuminated for me in this season um, what was the story uh, of a young dad, right? A young, and a young dad who walks his neighborhood with his daughter and his dog. And, and, and I got to think of, we don't have a dog because we don't have patience for animals, but, um, but I do have two amazing young daughters. And during the season of pandemic, we have walked this neighborhood over and over and over again, right? I know the sequence of houses and, and when, you know, which ones have been painted recently and which ones haven't and who's got spent time in the yard and who, I mean, like we spent forever amount of time outside walking this neighborhood over the last 10 weeks. And, you know, we have rules and regulations about, you know, when the girls can go on a bike ride and both of us have to go because April doesn't, because our girls bike at very different speeds. Um, but most of the framework of, of our conversation around, um, you know, when and where and how all that we can walk is how we as parents can make sure we are there observing and providing safety and care for our kids, right? One of the stories that was, uh, that I have encountered over the last week was the story of a young man who's my age, um, a large athletic built guy who lives in a neighborhood based on the picture that looks a lot like mine, who goes walking many days with his daughter and his dog and his eight year old daughter and his little white fluffy dog are there to protect him rather than the other way around. Mm. Because as an athletic six two young man of color, the minute they aren't there, he's no longer a good dad spending time with his family. He can be perceived as a pandemic where I have spent time walking this neighborhood by myself. When I needed to dig away and reflect, when I needed to just get out of the house, when I needed to have time and space to wrestle with big decisions. And at no point in that process have I considered, will I be received as a threat? Right? And I'm 6'5 and 265 pounds of giant human being whose thinking face is grouchy. Right? But I've never had to consider that. Right? That's a place of unconscious 
unconsciousness and unconscious privilege. That's not necessarily unconscious bias, but it's unconscious privilege where I can walk my neighborhood without even thinking about it. And just hearing the story uh, of this young man who, who takes his eight-year-old daughter who, and their little white fluffy dog on their walk as protection for him rather than the other way around uh, was one that just broke my heart, but also expanded my mind and my ability to have empathy in this time. So I wonder, um, to kind of wrap this up, I wonder what is one simple piece of advice all four of us that are on this call right Mm -hmm. now would offer in this time to say, as people of faith, this is, this is one small step you can take. I have something that's been brewing and I, and I could offer it as a maybe advice, but I feel both as the youngest and the one that didn't go to seminary on here, as I maybe am afraid of framing anything I say as advice, because then I don't know. I don't, I feel like I'm not. Get out of your head and share it. You're good. (laughs) Um, I've just been thinking a lot lately about, so uh, Kenny was talking about, you know, listening to everybody. And that's been a basis kind of, of of the conversation right now is kind of being able to see all sides of an issue and, and, um, and especially to, in today's world in general, listening to all sides of, a, of an issue is so difficult. And there's often like so many different angles rather than just like the two, maybe broad, broad stroke, um, you know, opinions that could exist about a thing. And especially with something like this, there's just like so much pain and, defensiveness and like on, on just all sides of anything and thinking about just Jesus's life and where, who he hung out with and the times that like what he spent time doing and you know, all that, like I just, from my perspective, and this might be a little weird. It's just when there's a, when there's an issue of disparity maybe between parties of, you know, who has the most say, who has the least amount of say, who's being listened to more anyway, all that kind of stuff it's just my observation that Jesus listened mostly to the people who weren't being listened to the most. Mm. And it was like, maybe sometimes actually a little bit, it it all, people talk about equality sometimes. Like it's a, it's everybody, everybody equal. Like I need to approach everyone equally, but, but sometimes Jesus more took the hierarchy that existed, acknowledged it and then like flipped it. Like it, that's, that's my, and, and then like went to the, the low, the, the, the places and the people who maybe needed the ear the most. And mm. so it's, it's all, it almost to me feels like a different, maybe I do, there's probably a, a word for it that exists, but it like equality when talk when people talk about e- equality and listening, you know, equally and kind of weighing everything equally. I think sometimes we, we almost don't mean to, but we remove the aspect of like, these people have been listened to. This is, this has been listened to. And that's, that's, this has actually been really hard for me lately. Cause I don't want to, I definitely want to be make every, I'm definitely the make everybody happy type of person personality anyway. And so I, I don't know in, in this, in this case to me, that's just, you know, um, there's, there's people who literally have the law on their side because they work for the law. And then there's the people who have repeatedly kind of been, um, you know, just hurt and mm. murdered and, you know, like oppressed by, by this thing that, and it's just been, and I can't single out this issue. It's just been, it's been a thing for, you know, so long that it's just been this, uh, I, I have to wonder why we keep going through this cycle. And, and it's like, 
in, in my head, maybe it's time to start maybe listening more, like really admitting that we have to listen more to the, the oppressed and the, mm-hmm. and not everybody equally all the time, which almost feels weird to say, but that's just like, you know, I don't know. So this has been something I've been, I'll offer as something that I've been thinking about a lot lately and I won't frame it as a, because I don't have to. As you shared that, I'm reminded of, you know, the, the image of Jesus in, in the gospels as the shepherd of the hundred sheep, right? Mm-hmm. And how he leave, you know, when, when one gets lost, he leaves the 99 to go for the one, right? right. Um, and it's not because the 99 don't matter, it's because the one desperate, it needs Jesus more, right? I think there's a, a metaphor there for the way we listen in this time, right? The 99 have been heard, right? The 99 have written history books in many ways, right? What is it that, how can we very intentionally listen um, right. to those whose voices haven't been heard? Yes. Yeah. Kiefer, it sounds to me like you're getting move, moving beyond equality to equity and justice, which mm. um, I, I think is, is most appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I think you're, you're, you're right on target there. Um, uh, I, I can, can relate to uh, uh, Daniel's uh, walking at the neighborhood. Um, mm. You know, I don't know that I fear for myself often, uh, but, but as a parent, I, I often uh, am concerned about my, my children. You know, if something were to happen to me, that's one thing, but if something were to happen to them, that, that's totally different. And, and so when uh, Ahmad Arbery was, was killed while running, in, you know, something he did on a regular basis, uh, th- that shook me to the core and helped me see, see my, my privilege. My, my son runs in, in Cleburne all the time. Uh, he, he's on the cross country team at Cleburne High, and and you, you may see him running by First United Methodist Church on a regular basis. Uh, and I've never once been concerned that somebody might hurt him while running. Mm. Sure, traffic might be a concern or, or something like that, but never once thought somebody might think that he's running away from something rather than uh, running for for help. Um, so, so we, we do have that, that, uh, unconscious bias and, and don't, don't know the fear that, that many may, may feel, um, advice, you know, we've talked about reading and what we would, what we would do and, and listening to different voices, uh, on, on one, uh, side of, of, of the reading scale, I would say that it might be a good time for, for many of us pastors to, to reread a letter from a Birmingham jail, uh, mm that uh, Martin Luther King wrote during the civil rights era. And uh, for those that uh, like fantasy and fiction, uh, I've recently enjoyed reading uh, the Children of Blood and Bone series uh, uh, written by Tommy Adeyemi, uh, who um, does does a great job of touching on some of these um, uh, themes in, in uh, young adult literature. Uh, and so uh, might be a good way for, for many of us to get outside of ourselves and, and see the world from a different perspective. That's fantastic, Kenny. And, and uh, I'm, 
made note, Children of Blood and Bone, I had was unaware. This, this may be the second set of books that you have sort of <laughs> put me onto in this season that will be very good. The, uh, the, and, and this may be like Kiefer, it's on the edge of advice and really just an encouragement and, and word of um, identity more than anything else. Uh, one of the things that I think as we strive for justice and equity, we need to remember that as people of Christ, that's foundational to who we are. Uh, if we look at our baptism vows uh, within the church, one of the, the confessions we make, one of the promises we make as a part of that, whether it is at our baptism or when we baptize our children, is that we will resist in evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. Um, and, and this is one of the, the times and the places that, that we've been called to, to act. And, and it's not out of some political affiliation and it's not out of an ideological thing. It's out of a faith identity. One of the three foundational questions we ask of people when they come into Christian faith through baptism is, will you resist evil injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? It's foundational to our identity. It's foundational to who Christ was and what he did. And, um, you know, this is not some tangential extra thing. Uh, it's, it's part of who we are. Um, I think even answering on uh, my own question, I, I, I have two things that have been like um, moving around in my mind, one that's easier than the other, perhaps. Uh, but the first is, I think in this time where we have all acknowledged, even on this podcast, that we have privilege. So I think one of the things that's easy to do is when we see something on one of our social media platforms, whether it's an article, whether it's a piece of poetry or a song that is by a person of color that moves us or teaches us something, um, to share that to our platforms. And in that way, we're pointing. So we're not we're not writing big essays on, you know, what we think needs to be done, but instead we're giving away our platform. Um, and in that we're also, um, I don't know about you, but I, I imagine that if I was to look at my, um, my social media platforms, that I am inherently speaking to more white people than not on my platforms. It's just who I'm friends with or who follows me, that kind of thing. And so in that way, it's expanding our diversity um, and encouraging those people in small ways to expand theirs, to go follow those platforms, those authors, um, creatives and such. Um, so I think that's a really easy one that any of us can do in this time um, as we learn to have these conversations. And so the second is, is we have to learn to be better at having hard conversations with grace earlier on. Um, and so when we get upset, at Colin Kaepernick kneeling on the side of an NFL football um, football game. If if we are if we are upset by that, we need to not just get angry at him for choosing to do that. We need to not just push it off or even come back at an act like that. But instead, we need to say, what is causing a young man to put his career on the line? What is causing him to take this? act of courage um, and bravery from his side. So, you know, again, going back to something, Kenny, you said earlier um, when we were talking about COVID and how do we navigate all that, that doesn't mean at the end of the day we have to fully agree with his choice. But instead, we have to have the hard conversation to say, can I understand what made him 
get to this decision. And, you know, I chose that one because that was such a national, right? We all knew about that one. But there have been many of these instances where, you know, we've been upset at like the way that something's happened. But instead, we need to say, how did this person or this group of people get to this? And can I understand it? And then I think in that point, we're coming back to the middle. Even if we don't say, even if we're like, I don't fully agree with the choice, I don't fully agree with this or that or whatever, but if we can at least come to the middle point and come away from our polarizing corners um, that we keep getting pushed to, I think that's something that we as uh, faithful leaders in our community, as faithful followers of Christ, um, we're called to do is to, to, to meet people um, right where they're at and not say, I disagree with you. Come to my corner. <laughs> <laughs> or just, I disagree with you. Mute. We're not, yes. uh, you know, I'm going to snooze you for 30 days. And if you violate this again, then I'm unfollowing you forever. Right. Um, well, church, I'd be curious to hear and understand from you guys, what has been formational and foundational for you as you've wrestled with the hard uh, reality of our world and our life right now, what has been uh, speaking to your soul lately as you seek to navigate um, this very particular moment uh, and this question and call for justice in, in the midst uh, of our uh, pandemic lives. If there has been a resource that has been powerful and helpful for you, we'd love for you to share it with us that we might share it with, with more. Um, we also know that this is also a time when questions pop into mind and you know, you may have heard something today that made you go, I need to debrief more about that. I need more, know that we are here and, and we're an email or a text or a phone call away. We'd love to, to help continue to foster this conversation um, because it's a call of Christ that is not necessarily easy, but it is radically important. It's radically important for this day and for every day. Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And if you felt challenged or heard or um, just appreciated this conversation in any way uh, today, what we would like you to do is leave a comment, leave a review, um, depending on the platform you're listening on, share a bit of your family or anybody who you think may benefit or may even just would like to participate in this conversation with you. Use this as kindling for the fire of a conversation that can maybe come from listening to this episode. We feel that obviously this conversation is very important and would love to bring as many people into it as we can and, and start as many conversations about this topic as we can and let the fire just spread. So please do what you can to share it. And now that we've gathered today on the podcast, I want to give you an invitation to grow. Today, your invitation to grow is to seek to hear the voices of others. Voices of those who, who may not look like you, voices of those whom you may not hear on a daily basis so that you might live into the baptismal covenant that was made at your baptism, a part of your foundational identity to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves so that we might walk in the way of Christ. And as you go, receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go from this place this week. May you go remembering that God created each and every one of us, and in so we each bear the image of God. May you go remembering that Christ spent time with the overlooked, the unheard, the forgotten, 
So may we too seek to spend more time in those spaces and in hopes encounter our Christ. And as you go, may you encounter the Holy Spirit is the one who sits with you in the unrest, the uncomfortableness, and challenge and wrestles you into a place of finding God in the midst of your very life. May you go in peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.